Now, uh, last week, I know that Pastor Chuck Mox, uh, the little devil that he is, um, spoke on hell, and because uh, he knows a lot about it. And uh, today, your angel is back, okay? And I'm here to be able to speak on a much more pleasant topic, and that is of heaven. And so we want to dive in because there's a lot to cover. So we want to dive in about the eternal realities of heaven. And we want to begin this morning with this question, and that is, what is heaven? What is heaven? And so for those of you on the stream, everyone here in the auditorium, if you have your outline in your program or on the app, have it ready because there's going to be a lot we're going to go through. So the Bible tells us uh, what is uh, heaven? What is heaven? First of all, this is your first fill-in. It's where God lives and rules. It's where God lives and rules. The Bible calls heaven the dwelling place of God, or it calls it the house of God, or the kingdom of God. It is not only the place where God lives, but God also rules. Scripture says this, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven, where you what? What's the last word? Rule. It's where he rules. It's not only where he lives, but it's where he rules. The second thing is this. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is not just some state of mind. It is not just like some dream state where we're just kind of floating around constantly. It's not just a feeling that we have after we die. It's a real place. In fact, heaven tells us, or the scripture tells us that heaven is so real that there'll be streets, there'll be trees, there'll be uh, water, there'll be homes, there'll be people, there'll be God. It is a real place. In fact, Jesus said this, store up for yourselves treasures in where? Where's it say? In heaven. Store these up in heaven where moss or rust, which that's what we have on earth, can't destroy it. And where thieves can't break in and steal it. Now, that lets us know that heaven is not just some state of mind because we actually are storing up things in heaven while we're here on earth. He says, you can store up treasures in heaven because heaven is a real place. You couldn't store up things, folks, if it was just a state of mind. The third thing that we learn is that heaven was designed for us. Heaven was designed for you and heaven was designed for me. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but this is like mind-blowing to me. The God of the universe who could have, you know, kind of prepared his own place and said, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to invite anyone. No, no, no. He said, I'm actually preparing the place for you. Not for himself. He prepares it for you. Scripture says this. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for who? Who's heaven prepared for? You and for me. You since the creation of the world. Now, I don't know if you need to remember everything we covered today. I hope you would. But if you forget everything else, remember this, and it's this. There is life beyond this life. 
There is actually life beyond this life. Your life here on earth is like one grain of sand. Your life in heaven is like all the other grains of sand in the world. That's where you're going to spend life. Now, some of you here will live around 80 years. Some of you a little less, maybe some of you a little more. But there is going to be more to this life than just this life. There'll be life beyond it. And it's important for you to recognize where you'll spend most of your life. And it's God's desire. It's his hope that you will spend the next life with him forever. Now, the next question we need to ask ourselves is, where is heaven? Where is heaven? Many people say, well, it's up there somewhere. Well, it might be. The truth is this, folks. I don't know. Aren't you glad you came to church today to talk to a pastor who says, I don't know. Like, you're wanting answers for your life. I don't know where heaven is. No one knows. But I do know this, that heaven is out of this world. Heaven is out of this world. We definitely know that heaven, folks, is not on earth. Regardless of how many songwriters will want to tell you, heaven's on earth. It's not. This is not heaven. This is not heaven at all, regardless of what they say. Psalm chapter 53 verse 2 says this. God looks down from heaven at people on earth to see if they are, uh, to see if uh, there are any who are wise, any who worship him. The reality is, folks, we don't know the location of heaven, but We do know how to get there. And this is what scripture says. Jesus said this. I am the what? The way. He said, you want to go to heaven? I'll tell you very easily. You don't have to do a whole bunch of work with it. I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the father. No one goes to be with God in heaven except through me. Through Jesus... Not all of your good works. You can't stack them all up and go, oh, now I got it. Got a little latch on my belt going to heaven. No, 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 no. None of us will ever be good enough to get there. We are given a green card to get to heaven. Because your citizenship and my citizenship is ultimately not here on earth. We are not citizens of the U.S. Our ultimate citizenship, folks, is in heaven. Now, I am convinced that there is one person that's going to get to heaven. She has her green card already, and that is my wife. Because... First of all, she accepted Christ, but the second reason she gets the green card is because she spent 29 years with me. If there's anybody that deserves to get to heaven, it is Jen. She's definitely going to be there. Now, the third question that we need to ask ourselves is what is heaven like? What is heaven like? Well, scripture says this, no eye has ever seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Folks, if you were to take your five greatest experiences ever in your life, think about what those are. Your five greatest experiences ever, the peak experiences, 
And you were to take that and multiply it by an exponential of a billion, you still don't even come close. Not even close. You might barely scratch the surface of what heaven is like. Now again, I don't know what heaven is like. But the Bible tells us and gives us some thoughts on what it is like. So for the rest of our time, what I want to do is give you five things that will not be in heaven. And then I'm going to give you five things that will be in heaven. And the first thing that will not be in heaven is sickness. There will be no more sickness. First Corinthians chapter 15 says this. Everything in the heavens has a body. And so does everything on earth. But each one is very different. These earthly bodies will die, but the bodies that are raised will live forever. Our ugly and weak bodies will become what? What's it say? Beautiful and what? Beautiful and strong. Anybody ready to say, yeah, God! I mean, think about the part of your body that is not perfect, okay? Don't tell the person beside you they already know, okay? But if you're looking at me right now, you can't tell maybe on the stream, but if I go like this, this is one of the unperfect things. My nose, look how big. See, if I took my glasses off, that's why I wear glasses, trying to cover up this thing. But I have this schnauz, and it's broken, I have a deviated septum. I have issues with this nose. This nose is not perfect. It's nasty. But when I get to heaven, guess what? I get a perfect nose. So Tom Holland, watch out. I'm coming for you. And I will be the Superman of noses when it comes to heaven. Now, it's not just that our bodies are going to be perfect, but what's it say also? That there will be no sickness whatsoever. No cancer. What do you want to say about that? Woo! Woo! Yeah, exactly. No cancer, no diabetes, no heart disease, no deformities of any kind, no sickness whatsoever. Why? Because you're going to get a new perfect body. And I'm going to get a new perfect nose. And I'm going to be happy about it. And there will be no sickness. Second thing, there'll be no sadness. No sadness whatsoever. Scripture says this, God will wipe away every tear, every tear from their eyes. Did you know that Scripture tells us that God keeps every one of your tears. That's how into you he is. He loves you so much that he knows every single time you cry, every time you hurt, every time there's pain, God knows because he cares for you. But when you get to heaven, he gets rid of all the bottled tears. There are no more tears because there's no more sadness. And that's a good thing. No more broken hearts. 
No more rejection. No more insecurity. No more sense of feeling lonely. No more sadness whatsoever. That is heaven. He will wipe away every single tear from their eyes and there'll be no more. So no sickness, no sadness. Third thing, no, no suffering. No suffering whatsoever. Revelation chapter 7 says this, No more hunger, no more thirst, no more scorching heat, no more hot flashes. Wanted to celebrate all the women up in here today. No more hot flashes. Thank the Lord, right? Like, I don't know why it is, but this is what I know is true. When Jennifer and I get to heaven, we will not have to worry about the thermostat anymore. Have you ever noticed that you always marry someone whose body heat is very different than yours? And they're either turning it up or turning it down. I don't, don't get fights here today, okay? But, you know, like I looked at our electricity bill last month. You know what? They need to sweat a little bit more. That's what I know they need to do. But in heaven, there will be no more scorching heat. You will not have to worry about that. And that's true. No suffering whatsoever. Think about this. No more arthritis. No more bad back. No more broken relationships of any kind. No suffering. So no suffering, no sadness, no sickness, and finally, uh, or fourthly, no sin. No sin. Jesus had a brother named Jude. He had many brothers and sisters, but one was named Jude, and he actually wrote about what heaven would kind of look like. And he said this, God will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of all what? What's it say? Sin. Innocent of all sin and with great joy. Now, heaven is going to be a perfect place, but you and I are not perfect. Now, some of you may not realize this, so I want you to turn to the person beside you and just tell them real quickly, you're not perfect. All right, go ahead, tell them. No, tell them. Those of you on the stream, you're not perfect. Many of us believe that we are. And what happens many times is that we think to ourselves, well, if heaven is perfect and I'm not perfect, how does that work? I mean, we've all flubbed up. We've all messed up. We've all screwed up in this thing called life. We've all blown it. We've all sinned. There is no such thing as a perfect person, but heaven is perfect. So if all of these imperfect people come into heaven, isn't it going to mess heaven up? All these imperfect people. Well, that's what Jesus Christ came to do. You see, it's not about what you need to do. It's what Christ has already done. He came and died for all of our sins because he was perfect. He was tempted in every single way that you and I are, but he never sinned. So he took on all of our sin, and in doing this, he wiped away it onto himself. And he made you perfect, perfect inside for those who would follow him when you get to heaven. Folks, one of the things that will happen when you get to heaven and you see Jesus face to face for the very first time is that your character, Scripture says, will instantly change. Your character will change. You will be like 
Jesus. Now, you'll still be recognizable to everyone around you. You'll still have your own personality. But each one of you will have a character like Christ. You will be like him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. That all of my hang-ups, all of my foul-ups will be gone. There'll be no fear anymore. I mean, can you imagine what it's going to look like to live in a place where there's no fear, no guilt, no shame, no worry, just perfection? You're still going to be you. You're just going to be a more fun you. And people are actually going to like to be around you. Because now you'll have a perfect character. And I will too. Last thing, no death. No death. Immortality for you and I. Scripture says this, no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All of that has gone forever. So those of you who are in chronic pain right now, you're hurting even as I talk. Those of you on the stream, here in the auditorium, the good news is in heaven, there is no more pain. Because when you get there, you get a new body. You get new emotions, you get new character, and there will be no more death. Well, those are the five things that will not be in heaven. And now I want to share with you the five things that will be in heaven. And here's the first thing that we know will be in heaven, and that is a reunion with all the other believers. There's going to be a reunion. There is going to be a party. Not just a party, but a party. There's going to be like partying all the time with all the people that you love. Your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts, your friends, the people who knew Christ and loved Christ and followed him. That all of those people will be reunited again. It's like, you know, that old kind of, you know, R&B song. Reunited and it feels so good. Some of you aren't as cool as me. That's your problem. But anyways, they'll be reunited. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. This is God's purpose. That when the time is right, he will gather us all together. It's going to be a huge family reunion with all the fixings. From wherever we are in heaven or on earth to be with him in Christ forever. So who's going to be in heaven? It's a good question, right? Who is going to be in heaven? Well, God the Father is going to be in heaven. God the Son is going to be in heaven. God the Holy Spirit is going to be in heaven. Angels are going to be in heaven. The church is going to be in heaven. Every single person who chooses Christ will be in heaven. And This is a cool thing too. Sometimes people will ask, well, what about the people in the Old Testament? Those before Christ. Like, are they going to be there too? Yes. Look at what scripture says. It says, you have come right to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's heaven. And to the gathering of countless happy angels. And to the church, every believer composed of all those registered in heaven and to God. Obviously, God's going to be there, who is judge of all. And to the spirits of the redeemed people in heaven 
already made perfect. In other words, those people in the Old Testament who honored God with their life, they will be there as well. All of those folks will be there. And like I said, it's going to be a pate. It will be a reunion of reunions. Now, the second thing that you're going to find in heaven is rewards. Rewards. Now, you might ask, well, what am I going to be rewarded for in heaven? Everything. Every single good thing you've ever done will be rewarded. God sees it all. You're going to be rewarded for every good action. You're going to be rewarded for every good thought. You're going to be rewarded for every good thing that you've ever done. You're going to be rewarded for when you've been generous. You're going to be rewarded for the times in which you were maybe going down the wrong way and you decided to do the right thing. God will reward you for every single thing. Every good thing you've ever done will be rewarded in heaven. The Bible also says this. You're going to be rewarded for the criticism that you took here on earth. Every time you were criticized for your faith, every time you were criticized for being a Christian, you will be rewarded. Every time you're persecuted, put down, made fun of in the workplace, whatever it is, you will be rewarded. And that's what Jesus said. He said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your, what's the next thing? Reward. Your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God says, I'm watching it all and I'm keeping track of it all. And I'm going to reward it all. The reward process has nothing to do with your salvation. You getting into heaven has absolutely nothing to do with your good works. It's all based upon what Christ has already done for you. Like I said before, it's not what you can do. It's what Christ has already done. You can't get to heaven by your good works. But the Bible says, and it's very clear, that you will be rewarded according to your good works. Now, I could give 500 verses on this to show it to you, and I'm sure some of you are like, hey, we're talking about heaven, but you know, I don't want to have to wait that long before we get there. Like, We don't need all 500 verses. So let me give you one verse. Jesus said this, If you even give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my fathers, you will surely be, what's the last word? Rewarded. You'll be rewarded. I think right now of all of those who are volunteering up in Jar Kids ministry right now, that God is going to reward every single one of them. Every time they put out goldfish and the kids throw it all over the place. Every time they drink water and they spill it. Every single time they have a snotty nose and someone wipes it. Every time they got a nasty, dirty diaper that would make God ugly. You know what I mean? Like all those sayings, God is going to reward that. And every small act that you do, God says, I keep track of them all and you will be rewarded. Folks, this is what you have to decide. Do you want to be rewarded here in this life or do you want to be rewarded in the next life? Because there's more to life, so much more to life 
than just this life. And there are going to be rewards in heaven. Here's the third thing that there's going to be in heaven, and it's responsibilities. Responsibilities. You're not going to, like, sit around uh, on a cloud playing a harp. I mean, if heaven's like that, folks, I don't want to go. Like, get a knife and shove it in my eye. I'm on the cloud. No. You're going to have responsibilities in heaven. Some people say, well, am I going to be bored in heaven? Like, I'm just sitting around like, hey, praise God, that kind of thing. No. Are you kidding me? You are going to be doing the things that God has gifted you here on earth to do. I mean, God has wired every single one of you with certain gifts and talents and abilities. And those that have been used here on earth, you're going to use them in heaven. I mean, when you get to heaven in eternity, there's going to be work. You might say there's going to be work. Yeah, there's going to be work. But this is the thing. You're actually going to enjoy it. Like, you get to use all your gifts, all your talents, all your abilities. You're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I get to use everything. And what will your responsibility be? What will your roles be in heaven? To be honest again, folks, I don't know. I literally don't know. But it will be based on how faithful you have been with your roles and responsibilities here on earth. Now, you might say, well, I don't know about that. Well, I didn't say it. Jesus did. Jesus said this. Unless you are honest in small matters, you won't be in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. He's talking about heaven here. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, in other words, the money, the possessions that God has given you, who will trust you with true riches in heaven? Did you know, folks, that the way that you manage your money here on earth and what God's given you is an acid test for your faithfulness and responsibility? So that's why, as people who are here in the jar, we're constantly encouraging people, manage your money well. Do it well. That's why we have classes. It's not so that the church gets more of your money. It's so that you do life your way so that you store up things in heaven that will outlive this one and only life. I want you guys to know that I love each and every one of you. And I'm your pastor who cares for you. And I want, I desperately want for you to walk through life with financial freedom. And the way you do that is, first of all, realizing that every single thing you have, every part of possession that you have, are gifts from God. And because of that, you don't have to hold it so tightly, but you can give it away freely. And how we use our resources here on earth affects rewards and responsibilities in heaven. The ways that we honor God with our money and resources while we're here is important. I've realized in my own life that about 25 years ago that I was trying to invest so much in this world and you should be a person who invests something for your retirement, what you're doing. 
But I was going overboard to the point where that's all I was thinking of. And I read this passage that rewards are in heaven, that you store up treasures in heaven. And all of a sudden I decided this, I'm not going to worry so much about the stock market, but I'm really going to worry about God's market. And do you know why? Because God says this, that when you invest in the things of the kingdom of God, that at times they're a hundredfold. Do you know what a hundredfold is? 10,000%. How many of you in your mutual funds or your stocks have gotten 10,000%? No one. And yet that's what God says he'll do. And so you have to choose how you're going to invest your time, invest your life, invest your money. What will it look like for you? Because either you're going to be rewarded here on earth or you'll be rewarded in heaven and the choice is up to you. Here's the fourth thing, rest. Anybody tired today? Now think about having rest. And not just sleep, but total rest of your body. Man, that sounds something really good, doesn't it? Yet that you have rest in heaven. God says this, Blessed are those who die in the service of the Lord. They will enjoy rest from all their hard work because the results of their service go with them. Woohoo! The only things that will go into the next life are the things that you do for Christ and with Christ and with the people that you love and care for who will be in Christ. And then you can rest for all eternity. Last thing. What are we going to find in heaven? Rejoicing. We're going to find rejoicing in heaven. What does rejoicing mean? It means we're going to worship in heaven. We're going to celebrate in heaven. We're going to sing in heaven. We're going to lift God up in heaven. So while you're here on earth, God says, I want you to practice what you're going to do for your lifetime in heaven. Jesus said, when you get to heaven, my greatest desire is to be able to say this to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate together. And that's what we want to do as we end the celebration today. For you to imagine what heaven is like, and to sing it together as one. And so I'm going to invite you to stand right now. The lights will go down, and uh, Caleb and Mikey will lead us uh, in what we can imagine heaven to be like.
want to pray with you real quick before we jump into this song to just prepare our hearts for worship. So let's just close our eyes. As Chris said, we, we pray to you, Father, we just ask that right now you allow the, uh, the, the imagery, the, the vision of eternity, of paradise to just be in our hearts and our minds right now in the name of Jesus. Allow us to really just reflect on that as we, as we just worship you right now, as we sing and just move through this place. We give it to you in the name of Jesus. What it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only
God, we thank you so much for the gift of heaven that is given to us. And we thank you, God, that the way that we get to heaven is not based upon our own works, but it's because of what Christ did for us. And so, God, we uh, thank you so much for what you've given to us. And the reality is some of you might be standing there right now or you're on the stream and you're like, I want to be in heaven. I mean, I can imagine what it's like, but what does it mean for me to be in heaven? How do I get there? Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says this, the good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in God's sight, when we put our faith and trust in Christ who saves us. That's how you get to heaven. Not by your good works, but by putting your faith and your trust in the one who knows you best and loves you most. And so right now I want to share a couple of prayers. One prayer for those of you who already know Christ, but you've thought, you know, maybe I haven't been storing enough treasures up in heaven. I've been thinking about myself and how can I have the eternal kind of thought process now? And we'll pray that. And then secondly, for some of you, maybe you've never settled heaven. You've never made a commitment of what it means to give your one and only life to Christ so that you could be with him. And so I'm going to invite us in those prayers right now. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a God who does not leave us by ourselves and that you are a God who gives us a gift of a life beyond this life. Thank you so much, Jesus, for coming downstairs to be with us. You left heaven to come to earth so that the escalator that goes back up to heaven, we could be a part of it. God, forgive us for being distracted at times. Forgive us for focusing so much on the temporary and the stuff of this world rather than what is eternal. And Heavenly Father, we want to refocus our lives on that which will outlive our life. We want to be a part of your family, to give resources that honor you and your church so that We store up those things that are gifts for you and gifts for the world around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now, some of you are on the stream right now. Some of you might be there and there's a void in your life. There's an emptiness in your life. And the truth is, is that if Jesus were to come today, tonight, you're like, I don't know because I've never made a commitment to him. 
And I'm not, the reason I've held off, Chris, is because I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm worthy enough. I don't think I've done enough. If you knew what I had done, if you knew what I had done, people, there's no way I get there. There's only one way, and that's through a relationship with the one who loves you. And so that's what God did. He sent his one and only son who died upon a cross. He put all your sins so that when you get to heaven, you don't carry those anymore. And while you're here on earth, you learn to surrender them to him so that you don't carry them while you're here and you live a life that honors him. And if today's the day where you're ready to settle this thing, that I want to be in heaven with him. I want his love. I want his forgiveness. I want his grace. I want the promise of hope with him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together. And so I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. You won't pray it by yourself. We'll pray it together. But for some of you, it's your first time of accepting Christ. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Make me brand new. Touch my life. I desire to be with you in heaven. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray.